Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Well, another pay-per-view is upon us, which means SP3 and myself are not alone. We love to bring in our guest pickers. And this week, very, very happy to have Connor Casey from comicbook.com joining us here for this huge, big, awesome Hell in a Cell card that we've got lined up for this weekend. Connor, how is it going? Welcome to the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Rick, Rick, you've got it backwards. That that was double or nothing. You, you missed oh, it. Crap, that shit. was the big show. This one's like kind of an afterthought yeah so like i i said this on twitter and i i i meant it like i'm very happy that wwe decided to actually add a couple of matches on monday to get the card up to six so i didn't feel like i was completely and utterly wasting your time by being here today uh it we may set a record for the shortest prediction show ever because again it's only six cards or six matches on the card but sp3 we still have the believe if you can beat SP3 Trivia Challenge. We got that coming up today. You've won four in a row. You've won four in a row. I'm so proud of you. you got a winning record now. Like, you're roasting people. Great. I've somehow been able to overcome Rick's shady, nefarious means to try to get our guests victories over me. Doc, uh, Sean, Renee, Graham. They all were, were, they had the fix in. It was like Shane McMahon was a special guest referee. I was versing <laughs> the corporation and the authority combined, and I overcame like the rock. Real quick, before we get started, though, guys, got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Get all the latest odds, news, and developments on the NBA Finals, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, fighting news and next season's NFL futures head on over to the website use your mobile device to sign up today receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code believe to get started to get that bonus that is b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts sp3 I still can't believe you beat Renee like I'm asking her questions about stuff that happened while she was working for the company and you're lucky she's got memory like I do and couldn't <laughs> couldn't remember a damn thing on, on, on that one but I didn't even have to cheat on that one uh, but anyway so we'll get to that after we pick all of these matches again tonight is Smackdown they could add a couple more matches but like we did with double or nothing. We're not going to pick a match unless it has officially been announced as of this time. So we're only going to run down the six. Uh, For those of you who are uh, joining us, by the way, uh, for the first time ever, thank you. Uh, Make sure to hammer the thumbs up button. Hammer that subscribe button really helps us grow our audience. And we are growing every single day. So thank you uh, very, very much. Uh, Gentlemen, let's just get through this here. Um, I think in true WWE fashion, the build hasn't necessarily been great for this pay-per-view, at least for a majority of these matches, but I think a lot of these matches are going to deliver on Sunday. And from an in-ring talent standpoint, I don't think it's got a chance to get much better than this. Austin Theory, or Theory, excuse me, will be defending his United States Championship against Mustafa Ali. Actually, a fair matchup after Ali's uh, United States title uh, challenge this past Monday. Connor? You have the honors to kick us off here, sir. Is there any way, shape, or form that they are going to play hot potato with this U.S. championship and put it on Mustafa Ali on Sunday? 
Rick, let me ask you a question. What yes. city is this this event taking place in? Oh, it's taking place in Chicago. And uh, where is Mustafa Ali from? Uh, the Windy City. Yeah. Well, that answers your question right there. <laughs> I, hey, I, at I, least they remembered he was there and put him on the card because like when WWE came the last time WWE was in Cincinnati, somebody had to remind them that Angelo Dawkins was from there so they would book him in an actual match. And he got to win at least. But, you know, I, I have. So there are people who will defend just about every aspect of WWE booking. They're out there. Their arguments don't always make sense, but they are out there. The one habit that Vince has that I've never heard a good defense for is the don't put over your hometown hero when he's in his hometown. Make them look like idiots. Make sure they lose. Always go against what the crowd is rooting for there that specific night. I've never heard a good explanation, and I'm seeing what it looks like on the opposition yeah. when they do that. When they go to Pittsburgh, you know Britt Baker is from there. She is in a main. She is in a main event match. She is heavily featured. She's get. She gets big promo. She gets special Pittsburgh Steelers gear. Heck, uh, it, Rampage is just outside of Young Bucks's hometown this Friday. They put him with the Lucha Bros on a whim. <laughs> like what? What? What am I missing here? I, I've never understood that logic. Ali, if he wins. Mm -hmm. It's going to be one of those dusty finishes where Theory immediately throws out the result and he walks out with the title anyway. So, no, Ali's not winning this one. And if he does, it's just going to get yanked out from him almost immediately. Yeah, and I do love how, like, it doesn't matter if you're a babyface or a heel, right? Like, they're not going to, AEW's not going to try and dictate your response. Like, AEW could have had MJF go out there and shit on Long Island. No, he was the biggest damn baby face of the entire night. And they rolled with it. And they turned CM Punk into a heel for a night. And it was one of the best episodes of Dynamite. I love how they do that. WWE, for whatever reason, they they hate their fans. So they they don't do that. Uh, and Mustafa Ali is not going to to win this match. I I think Austin Theory is set up for, for big things in Nashville. Uh, maybe a United States title defense against somebody who's, you know, making their 20 year anniversary this month. Somebody like that could be down the line here uh, at Nissan Stadium for Austin Theory. So I don't think Mustafa Ali is going to win this, even though I would be giddy as a schoolgirl if he did, because he should have been a United States champion a long time ago. But yeah, no, Theory is winning this one, SP3, hands down. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Mustafa Ali came back for this random United States championship title win in his hometown. And he'll probably lose it back to theory <laughs> on Monday night raw following it, but he's going to win at hell in a cell. I'm, I'm not, it out. I'm, I'm take, not I'm sure if that's much better. Like, I'm is, that, much is that up. better? They're giving him. It's a, Hey, I guess the, I mean, they did it to Matt Cardona every time he won a damn title. Yeah. He only won it in like Long Island, or he got. He wasn't. Big, he won the moment. Intercontinental Title in Dallas. He's not from there. Yeah, no, but he lost no. it the next night to the Miz. Yeah, he did. That, that he is did. also true. Yes, <laughs> he did. But yeah, I can see that. I, I I am still baffled what they told Mustafa Ali to go, to have him come back and not just sit at home and pull a pack 
and wait till his contract was up, even if he had to sit at home for a year or two years before they possibly released him. I don't understand what they told him because what we've seen so far is no reason for this man to come back. This man has has lost every single match he's been in besides one random fluke victory over The Miz where he was immediately jumped from behind by Tommaso Ciampa afterwards. There's been no point to this. It hasn't put over Ciampa. Ciampa didn't even have an entrance on Monday Night Raw this past week. He lost. He got beat up in one match with Ciampa and then lost completely to Theory in two minutes. Why did this man come back? I think it's to win in his hometown. Maybe if we had to put a, uh, a a bet, if you had to bet on Tommaso Ciampa getting involved in one of two matches, would it be the Judgment Day match or this one? I'm actually, I would say this one because I don't think he's the next addition to that group. I think there's a, a bit of a surprise coming. We can get to that now if you want. Yeah, I was going to say, we can we can jump around here, mostly because I want to preview the fact that I'm going to have an interview with Damian Priest dropping later today. Uh, hey. One of the original members of the Judgment Day, a, a six-person tag match, Rhea Ripley, Edge, Damian Priest against Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan. Uh, this match, to me, has all the makings of an absolute banger uh connor what is this big surprise you think that we are going to end up getting is somebody else going to be turning benedict arnold here and and turn coding on one of uh, somebody in this match i think that uh edge pushing so hard for styles to turn is a bit of a thou doth protest too much and that it's going to be finn i i think because finn's just kind of there he's not really yeah. saying anything about the whole situation and he's been floating in the ether ever since he tripped over his own feet at the top, onto the top rope when he should have been universal champion. I'm still not over extreme rules last year. I'm really not. And uh, I think if this is the closest we're going to get to Prince Finn Balor from his NXT run, I'm all for it. Even if he's just going to go around in a purple suit telling everyone in the crowd that they're fat. They do that. All, they, that's all they do. They're like, they're called the judgment day, but they're just kind of judgy. They're just like, you're fat. You're stupid. You're sheep. It's like, okay, None it's of judgmental that. day. It's, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's your judgmental, judgmental day because yeah, yeah. none of that meshes with here's the giant purple wings in the background. Here's the big throne. None of that syncs up with anything that they ever say. So, but hey, it'll give Finn a little bit of an attitude, and I'm all for that. Yeah, look, anybody who's here's the thing. This is one of the things that I talked about with with Damien is like anybody who's aligned with with Edge. That's that's a platform and you know that they are going to get a chance to shine and they're going to be elevated in their place on the card. Uh, SP3, how do you see this one going down? We're now through two pay-per-views and I've loved Rick's, uh, you know, the choices for people that they've come on the show with because I argue with Rick every single week that this Judgment Day thing isn't working. And you are the second person, Connor, who seems to agree with me that they're, they're what are we doing? Are they this dark, mysterious? Is this supposed to be like the next era of the ministry and the brood that Edge was a part of before? No, he's cutting you people promos and he's he's getting hometown heat. Like, I don't understand. It's not working. 
it's just not working because they don't know what they want. I, I, and like Rhea Ripley, who's naturally one of the best promos and best people that I ever had the privilege of interviewing. She sounds like a robot now. They, they, they basically just put the diss of Judgment Day, Judgment Day, you people promos, put the diss in her back. And now she sounds like a robot who just has to repeat the same things that Damian Priest and Edge uh, spot off. But I think that the Judgment Day are going to win here. It didn't make any sense to have Liv Morgan beat Rhea Ripley on Monday Night Raw. They were doing well with, despite, you know, how the promo sound, Rhea Ripley was being built up like she was going to be the next challenger, the next major challenger at a major pay-per-view for Bianca Belair. And then it just randomly had her lost on Monday. But hopefully that is just the lead up to them getting this big win at the pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I think... I think they almost have to win, whether it's they add a new member, uh, which I tried to get that out of Damian Priest. He he, he wouldn't budge on that one. Um, it, it, whether they add a fourth member, if it's Ciampa, if it's AJ Styles, if it's Finn Balor, if it's Liv Morgan, if it's somebody completely out of left field that we don't even know, uh, whether they do that or not, you know, if the Judgment Day is going to work long term, they the booking has to be there and they have to continuously win uh, these big matches. And Connor, I actually hope that they keep finn and aj together like at this point because i was originally on board i was originally on board with having finn join this group but i love that pairing of him and aj together you know the these bullet club leader members together and i think they'd be a great addition to the tag team division long term especially if rk bro uh is going to stay split up but again that's another team that you would want to to, to build as well so it, it's kind of like an interesting dynamic of who needs this win more but i do right. think it's going to be the judgment day that gets it Rick, how dare you try to damn Finn and AJ to endless rematches with the Street Profits and Alpha Academy? How dare you suggest that they subject themselves to a division that is not cared about? Um, and, and, and look, the whole Bullet Club thing, you missed the boat in 2016. You've teased it multiple times since when you had four, four former members in the company. You didn't do it. And, and it's it's very much too little, too late, especially when you look at what the rest of that group and its various offshoots are doing elsewhere. Valid, valid point. Uh, so we're all taking judgment day on this one. Yep. All right. Um, I didn't think that we were going to get another incarnation of this matchup, but this is the feud that just seemingly will not die. Bobby Lashley now in a handicap match at Hell in a Cell against Omos and MVP. I think this one has Lashley winning by beating MVP written all over it. I don't really have much more to say other than that. SP3, where are you on this uh, big matchup come Sunday? I think the whole point to this being a handicap match is for Omos and MVP to finally win, to finally win the big <laughs> one. That's that's what's going to happen. Omos and MVP get the win, and hopefully we can end this feud now. I'm <laughs> over this. Please stop. <laughs> Connor, where you at? Oh, it, it, it's Bobby. Like that. That's what this has always been. It's just to make Bobby look good. I, I love Jordan. And, and, you know, MVP is a consummate professional and he's always great. And he's randomly giving shout outs to Samoa Joe on Twitter. And I'm always for that. But this match has this feud has not been it. it. It I was fine with the mania match. That's a spectacle. Who needed the rematch? Nobody who needed the the con the end of raw 
contract signing goes to that on your go home show. Help me, Rick. I do not. I, no, Rick. no, it should like you should have ended with either, you know, the, the judgment day match or you should have ended with with Cody and Seth, which was the best thing on the on the whole damn show. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, I mean, that's it, your main event. End it with the main in the main event segment. I would say that they're trying to build up Bobby for something, but I have no idea what anyone on Raw is fighting for right now. So nobody else just, is fighting for anything either. They got Roman. They all, the I mean, if everybody just keeps spinning their wheels. At least give, you know, the guy that you updated his presentation a little bit a win. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of updated presentation, and I plugged my interview, so Connor, go ahead and, and plug yours. Uh, we have Elias, or is it Ezekiel? Will we find out on Sunday? Tune into Peacock to find out. Uh, it is Ezekiel taking on Kevin Owens. I did not know what to make of this from the Raw after when, when Ezekiel first showed up, but Kevin Owens is so damn talented. And those promos that they've been having, uh, Ezekiel do talking about growing up a big wrestling fan with his brother on social media have been fantastic. This has become one of my favorite feuds. I don't know if the, the match can live up to how the feud has been built, Connor, but you had a chance to talk to Ezekiel, maybe ask him some questions about his, his long lost brother, Elias. Uh, how do you see this one going down? I did talk to Ezekiel. Um, don't get it twisted. He is not Elias. They are they are obviously two different people, and I can prove it. One has a beard, and one doesn't. <laughs> and, Simple uh, mathematics, exactly. Yes. You know, and uh, and one plays guitar, and one plays piano. Even though there was a segment where Elias played piano, but shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the the interview that'll be up soon on comicbook.com. Uh, he was great as always. I've interviewed him once before. He was awesome then too. Um, that, that was when he was trying to um, hype up the uh, the second album that he had put out. Um, and no, he he didn't give anything away. Um, I asked him if the gear is meant to be a Macho Man Ultimate Warrior, you know, colliding thing. He wouldn't give that up. So we'll see. <laughs> as for the match, I kind of have an idea because like you said, Kevin Owens is what's made this whole thing. His his dedication to the obscene is what is what will is what not only makes him great, but will keep him relevant forever. You know, he has that same quality that a guy like Jericho has where you can take anything and make it work. You just have to make it work. You know, Jericho's making I'm a wizard work because it's so stupid. Yeah. And Kevin being obsessed with a guy who shaved his beard and call himself something different is legitimately somewhat entertaining. Now, my idea for how this this ends, because let's be honest, Ezekiel has a short shelf life. This only goes so far as it, it this thing with Kevin keeps being entertaining. So here's what you do. You have the referee somehow get distracted. Ezekiel pulls out a guitar, smashes it over Kevin's head, gets the win, and then reveals on Raw, it was I was Elias the whole time. Aha, I fooled you all. That that's my only that's my only way out of this one. But I, I'm good with I'm good with Ezekiel picking up the win here. Kevin is Teflon. He he's fine. SB3. I I, I think Ezekiel's gonna win this one. Um, and I don't think they're ever going to have him reveal that he's Elias. I think that they're just going to continue on with life as it is. He's going to be Ezekiel until, until he's able to grow his beard back. And then that's going to take so long. I know. Huge. I know. know. That's how long this is going to go on. We're good. We're talking about a year, (laughs) a year and a half. That's what, how long it's going to go. 
Do you think when he shaved that thing off that he was like, oh, God, I've made a terrible mistake? Like, like do you think that's something? I have not seen my face in so long. This is terrible. Um, this is almost one of those situations where if they want Ezekiel to be the character moving forward, because as you say, Connor, right now, it, it really does have a short shelf life. This is one of those things where I miss the Thunderdome, where I miss the trick photography, where you could actually film something where you could put Elias and Ezekiel in the same ring at the same time and well, just be great. and just have Elias say, oh, I'm not dead. I just retired. You know, this, this wasn't for me anymore. I had an injury. I had to go away. Uh, but you know what? Here's my brother, Ezekiel. He's great. He's going to carry forward in my, my career moving forward, and I'll see you all later. I wish they could do that. Some kind of the, 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 the problem is, is that they shave the beard, right? And, you know, you'd have to get some kind of prosthetic beard. And unless they go to Hollywood or get Rick Baker or some shit, that's going to look crappy as hell. So that wouldn't really have worked. But that would have been cool if they could have filmed something like that. And maybe they had the foresight to do something like that, but I highly doubt it. Uh, so that would have been great. I think Elias is, excuse me, Ezekiel uh, is going to pick up the win here. And I think very much like SP3, I think this feud is either going to continue for a few more weeks or Kevin's just going to snap and he's going to go, okay, fine. He's Ezekiel and that's it. And he's going to be Ezekiel <laughs> moving forward. And that's, that's just how, how we're going to go uh, on that one. Uh, this is one of the matches that I'm looking forward to the most, just because I know that these three ladies are going to deliver in the ring, but I think it's very, very predictable about what is going to happen. I don't think that there is a prayer uh, that Bianca Belair is dropping the raw women's championship, but predictable doesn't always mean bad. Connor, how do you see this one shaking out? No, you're you're right on the you, you nailed that one. That's even though it is predictable, even though I don't see any reality where Bianca drops the title, you know that these three are consummate professionals, the three of the absolute best in the world. Every time they get in the ring with each other, they're excellent. And this will be no different. The the only knock on this match, and, and I can get to the much, you know, kind of the bigger idea of where WWE is right now, but we can go into rants <laughs> later. But um it, it's the biggest thing about this match has nothing to do with the match, nor does it have anything to do with the women in the match. The biggest story, and you can go on Twitter, you can go on Google Analytics, you can go on our analytics website. They'll all tell you the same thing. Everyone's talking about Sasha and Naomi. Two weeks later, still, nobody is talking about Bianca, Becky, or Asuka. They're still talking about the situation of what WWE's original plan was. That's a shame to these three. Yeah, when this should have been the original plan from the get-go, because it seemed like this is what the match that they were building toward, and then they got this whack-ass idea of, no, we'll bring in Naomi to challenge Bianca, because that makes total sense, and then we'll feed Sasha to Ronda, because she wanted that big match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and now we've gotten ourselves in this match, and now we're back to the match that actually made sense in the first place, SP3. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a great match. You got three ladies that uh, have proven over the last couple of weeks and what Bianca and Becky did at WrestleMania, that they can always produce a show stealer. So I have no doubts that this is going to be one of the best matches of the night, possibly one of the best women's matches of the year. But Bianca Belair is winning. Hands down. No question about it. Uh, I think Bianca. Well, I mean, she's beaten both Asuka and Becky recently, so really she could pin either one. But I think the I, I honestly think the result needs to be Bianca going over on Becky once again to kind of solidify that win uh, from WrestleMania. And then maybe we can move toward 
Alexa Bliss, who's been winning a lot of matches recently, or Rhea Ripley come SummerSlam. I think that's the direction that they should probably uh, start building towards uh, once this mm-hmm. is uh, all over. Uh, our final match of the night, the main event, the only match on the card that is actually inside Hell in a Cell, the event that this uh, pay-per-view, excuse me, premium live event was named after. It is Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, three. Connor, are we going to get uh, Seth finally getting his win back in the rubber match, or is this going to be a clean sweep for Cody Rhodes? It, it, it's a sweep. You know, it's I, – I love Seth. I love that he's kind of evolved this uh, visionary character into something interesting because I did not get it when he first started it. Uh, but it, he's he's coming to his own with this. Uh, but no, this is a this is a clean sweep for Cody. This is, you know, I love Cody and I love how he was presented right when he start when he got back at WrestleMania. I love the promo he cut the night after. I think he's been pretty excellent each week. Yeah, you can make fun of the Cody ca- countdown thing; it is goofy, but you know he's been solid consistently. The only issue I have with him mm-hmm. is that the night. After he came back, he said, here's my goal. And then he has proceeded to do nothing towards achieving that goal at all. He has barely mentioned Roman in interviews. He does not mention him in promos. And he keeps going back to Seth. And if rumors are to be believed in online reports, we're going to be stuck with another five, six months of this because it seems like Roman's dance card is booked from now until November. Hoy. But yeah, yeah, Cody wins. Yeah, Cody wins. And and that's that's the interesting thing is where do they go from here? I mean, the next to me, obviously the next step is to have Cody Rhodes win money in the bank, right? Like that would that would be the logical step if he's coming back uh to win the champion. And that that you could do whether he wins this match with Seth or not is he can go into Las Vegas, he can win money in the bank. Hell, he's the poster boy for money in the bank, right? So have him win the damn briefcase, which he should have won years ago. Have him win the briefcase, and then they have the ability to slow play his cash-in on Roman Reigns whenever they decide to do it. They can do Roman's dance card, like you said, fill up through November. And hell, they can have Cody challenge him at the Royal Rumble. If if Rock and Reigns is the is the the plan for Hollywood WrestleMania, that match doesn't need the WWE or Universal Championship on it. So put it on Cody in WrestleMania season and have Cody walk into Hollywood as a WWE Universal Champion. I think that would be the way to go. I don't know why, but I have this feeling deep down in my gut that Seth Rollins is winning this match on Sunday. I'm not saying that's the best way to go, and I'm not saying I have an explanation for it. It's just one of those weird feelings that I have that Seth is coming out on top of this one at SB3. Don't listen to Rick because <laughs> unlike Rick, I learned my lessons because he said the same thing for WrestleMania Backlash that Seth well, he had a feeling Seth was gonna win there and then he didn't win. So I learned my lesson. And I was pleasantly Co- surprised on Co- that. But- Cody Rhodes will go three and zero against Seth Rollins because that's how you make a star. That's yeah. how you make sure that Cody Rhodes is considered the top star on Monday Night Raw. But I totally agree with Connor. It doesn't make a whole bunch of sense that he cut all that promo, a very passionate promo about getting the title that his father never had. And this man, his first title shot back with the company was the United States Championship on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. That doesn't that did make, not make any sense. 
lick of sense. I can play. I, I can play devil's advocate with that being Cody's plan. And then what we heard from Seth Rollins this past Monday, where he is like, nah, you don't get to just come in here and do that. And Seth has been the obstacle that is getting in his way from getting down on his path to do that. So I can play devil's advocate and play. Yeah, it does make sense because Seth Rollins is obstructing that. But after Sunday, it should be straightforward win, lose, or draw. Cody's going after the WWE championship. Yeah, 100%. It should, he shouldn't have any obstacles in his way, but he should be like, you know, the next step is he should be the first entrant into that money in the bank in the building where he had his greatest match of his career against Dustin back at Double or Nothing 2019. He climbs the ladder and he wins money in the bank and then we can go. But he needs to be the baby face like a Rob Van Dam who calls his shot who calls his shot, yes. says that I want the match at WrestleMania. And, hey, you know, I, all the money, all the power in the world, if they want to do Ronda and Becky, if Bailey comes back and they want to do Bailey versus someone at WrestleMania 39, if you're doing a two-night WrestleMania, the biggest box office you could do is Roman Reigns on two nights. Night one against Cody Rhodes and night two versus The Rock. That's what you do. They have basically booked themselves into Roman Reigns and everyone else. We are right back where we were 10 years ago with, with John Cena, where it was John Cena and everybody else. It's Roman Reigns and everybody else. Yes, Becky Lynch is a big star or was a big star. I'll be honest, was sounds more accurate to me. Ronda Rousey is a big star outside of this company. Was is an operative word for her as well. That's not big enough to be a main event of a night of WrestleMania oh, by how WWE has booked these people. Roman Reigns is the guy they book like this. Cody Rose is the only guy that's come close to the tier that Roman Reigns is at. And The Rock is on a tier all by himself. So those are the three guys that you put in the main event of a two night WrestleMania but in it, Hollywood. It's that very reason that you mentioned with The Rock. That's why Roman does not need the title walking into the show. No, Roman, that's why. They, remember what I said? I said night one, Cody versus Roman. And Cody not, can win the title there. And then night two, it would be Roman versus Rock. That's still the main event. They're, it doesn't need the world gonna, title. They're not going to double up because they're not going to risk anything going wrong with yeah, Roman versus Rock. And if anything happens to Roman, like it did against Lesnar, then guess what? You just screwed up the biggest match you could humanly possibly book with the biggest star in Hollywood right now. So no, if, if Roman's when Roman wrestles at mania, it's one match and he does not need the title. If they're booking Roman, if they're booking Roman and rock, I'm man, they may not have Roman wrestle between Royal rumble and WrestleMania. They're trying that though. Let's be fair though. (laughs) Cody Rose is not Brock Lesnar. So I doubt, I doubt, even yeah, if, Co- if, even if they did Cody, go in my head. Yes, how many matches can Cody happen. go without busting open? Like that dude. Busting open dude, himself. That dude bleeds more than his dad. Like He, will, he will take all the bumps for, for, for Roman. It will yeah. be a two-second match. It could be The Rock distracting Roman, and Cody makes history with the shortest WrestleMania matchup in history if they really want to save things just to heat up the night two. But. I think that Roman Reigns needs to be in both nights of the WrestleMania main event. You could That's do Brock Cody. You know, Cody gets the title off, and here comes Brock coming back. He's like, hey, I'm the big space Viking, and I would like my uh, 
I would like my title back, please. I mean, they're not bringing Brock back unless it's to be in the WWE Universal title picture because they just can't help himself. I mean, yeah. I think he's a big enough attraction that you don't need him around the title ever, honestly, to be completely honest with you. But, um, you know, there's plenty of time between now and next year's WrestleMania season, so uh, we will table that conversation for now. Connor, I got one last question. Do you believe that you could beat Sid in a trivia challenge? I do believe. All right, so here we go. This is how this works. It is three rounds. The first two rounds are timed. Basically, the first round, I'll ask you a question. You get 30 seconds to give me as many answers as possible. Same in round two, except it's 10 seconds. And then in round three, you guys will go head to head. Wait till I finish the question. You will say your name to buzz in. And then whoever gets that uh, buzz in, if they answer correctly, they will get however many points I deem necessary at the time of the final round. So, so we only buzz in on the last round. Only on the last one. I'll let SP3 go first as always so you can get a flavor for how this goes. Come on, man. You're the guinea pig on this. this always is, the guinea pig. This is going to be hell in a cell themed. All hell in a cell themed. SP3. Wait, is, is the pay-per-view or the match? Technically both. So just oh god, no. technically both. All right. Just think hell go. in a cell. There's hell in a cell involved in all of these bets. SP3. 19 former world champions have competed inside of a hell in a cell match, but have never come out victorious. 19 former world champions have never won a hell in a cell match. You have 30 seconds to name up to 10 of them. And they've been in Hell in a Cell matches. They competed inside of a Hell in a Cell match, but have never won it. When you hear the Man, music. Man, I don't, I don't know not a one. <laughs> well, but you got a we go. Hell in a Cell matches, so here we go. Dean Ambrose. Uh, Sheamus. Uh, Man, you, I'm, I'm dry after that. Um, start throwing out world champions, man. You got John about Cena. No, he's won one. Um, Ray Mysterio, yes. Jeff Hardy. Yes. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Yes. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. You got five of them. The answers were. The Rock, Chris Jericho, Kevin Nash, Mr. McMahon, Big Show, Sheamus, Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Daniel Bryan, John Moxley, Big E, Rey Mysterio, Jeff Hardy, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, Mick Foley, Bray Wyatt, and Bailey. Shouldn't Steve Austin be on that list? Did he, when did he yeah. win a Hell in a Cell match? That's a yes, very interesting question, and I am not hey, going He was to... in that Armageddon Six Boy, yep. wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. So why isn't he on that list? Uh, yep. I'm, I'm questioning your I'm yep. questioning. No, you're, you're saying in my category, and I'm questioning. We'll find out here in a because he was the first thing that I that popped up into my head. I was like, wait, Steve Austin never won. Fix is in. Hey, double check my research here. Wow, this is great. This is this is makes for for just absolute greatness. Hang on, let me double check. Sorry, my sorry, here. brother. I, oh, old. you're right. No, and here's the thing. He he did. He when did win one. Yes, he did. And it, you'll probably get your answer here in this question. Connor, okay. 16 men have competed inside Hell in a Cell as part of a tag team. 16 men have competed inside Hell in a Cell as part of a tag team. You have 30 seconds to name up to 10 of them when you hear the music. It is 5 nothing right now, SP3. So here 
So what do I name the tag teams or the people? Just the people who have competed as a tag. If there were 10 tag teams, I would have told you to name the tag teams, but we're doing the people. So you have uh, 30 seconds to name up of 10 of the men who have competed inside as a tag team inside of Hell in a Cell. When you hear the music, good sir. Steve Austin, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Xavier Woods and Big E, um, Triple H. Yep. Um, Big Show, Shawn Michaels. Um, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Umaga. John Cena. Um, uh, so you got nine. You got nine. Very good. Undertaker. I, I always get the question that I don't want, and they get the question that I do want. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase. Yep. I Cody Rhodes. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin, according to Wikipedia. That is the one that Austin won. Uh, Undertaker and Stone Cold, the second ever Hell Mankind in a Cell match. Oh, was that the one that wasn't on TV? No, that was the one no, that was on Raw. On yeah. Raw. On an yeah. episode so of Raw. Second ever Hell in a Cell match. Steve Austin won that as part of a tag team with The Undertaker. Right. Uh, Mankind, Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon, Big Show, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, Ryback, Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Biggie, and Xavier Woods. So the score is nine to five, Connor SP3. Nine to five here after round one. Round two, SP3. You will have 10 seconds. Five men have comp- have made five or more appearances inside Hell in a Cell. All right. Five men have competed in five or more Hell in a Cell matches. You have 10 seconds to name as many of them as you can. When hear the music. Triple H, The Undertaker, Randy Orton. That's all I got for you. <laughs> Mankind, Mick Foley. I don't know. Foley was close. Foley had four. Roman Reigns and CM Punk. Roman Reigns and CM Punk at five. And watch him get the question that I probably could have answered. Watch this. So my math here, that was three on top of five. So Connor, you're still winning. It is nine eight now. Cool. The Undertaker has had the most victories and appearances inside Hell in a Cell, but he has the most victories with eight. You have 10 seconds to name five of the men that he has defeated inside Hell in a Cell. Oh, um, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, McFoley. Uh, Triple H and fuck, I always forget the fifth one. <laughs> uh, you got three on that one. Uh, the answer is Mankind, Kane, Big it's Boss, Man, Randy Orton, Edge, oh. CM Punk, Triple H, and Shane McMahon. Yep. So that's three. Tack on, you had nine. So it is 12 to eight, which means the final question, SB3, will be worth. Three points. You lose. No, it'll be worth five points. All right. It'll be worth five points. So this is the final question, guys. Again, let me finish. You buzz in by saying your name. Cool. You got to give me the answer. The winner will get five points and the victory. This could be a slaughter or yet again, another narrow victory for SP3. Are you guys ready? I guess. Love the enthusiasm. Love the enthusiasm here. The inaugural Hell in a Cell pay-per-view was held in Newark, New Jersey on October 4th, 2009. Two-parter. How many Hell in a Cell matches were on that card and what 
was the main event? SP3. SP3 rings in. Your answer, sir. I always do this. I just say my name <laughs> faster <laughs> than I think about it. How long did you um, have the answer? It was three. There was yes. three matches. There and were. the main event was DX versus Legacy. That is 100% unfortunately correct. Damn it. And SP3 wins his fifth in a row. I stacked the deck and I you still, man. <sighs> Pulled that. Would, did you, would you have known the answer, Connor? Yeah. Because I remember I rem now that when you said Rhodes and DiBiase, I was like, wait, they were on the first one. So, yeah, the first Hell in a Cell ever pay-per-view, which is really weird because you had three Hell in a Cell matches. The other two were world title matches, and mm. both of those came before uh, that one. So here we are. Right, what? SP3, you want to go double or nothing? Because I, I got a question for you. Oh, what's your oh, question? Oh, this is a throwdown. Challenging. Yeah. Okay. So this weekend marks the first time in quite a while that we have not had world championship matches on consecutive main roster pay-per-views. When was the last time it happened? It has to be 2014 when Brock Lesnar was WWE champion. That would be wrong. It was 2018 Survivor Series and the TLC. Thank God I already won, and this well, ain't double no. or nothing. This is hell in a cell. <laughs> I had to look that up today. That's why I'm like, I got a trivia for you. Oh, man. Good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. SP3, you're now five and two. What's the next pay-per-view after this? I guess it would be Forbidden Door. That would be really hard. I guess I'll have to come up with some new Japan questions. I don't know. We'll throw something in there. We'll get somebody on board uh, for that prediction show. But, Connor, thank you so much. Uh, SP3 gets to plug everything all the time. You still get the winner circle, even though he won. Uh, what what do you got going on? Where can people find your stuff? So yeah, you can find all my stuff over at comicbook.com and our WWE section. We're covering WWE, AEW, and all that good stuff in between. Uh, like I said, I got an interview with Ezekiel dropping here uh, pretty soon. Um, we'll have live coverage of Hell in a Cell this Sunday. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at ConnorCaseyCB, the handle down below. Uh, give me a follow over on Instagram so you can see goofy stuff like my photo of me uh, in the Captain America costume. I had a lot of fun with that cosplay. That, that was very good. Very, uh, very good. I saw that one on your Twitter feed. I'm like, well, I know which photo I'm taking. Click. Good. And it worked out perfect. Good man. And um, and yeah, I will also be on this week's Comic Book Nation podcast. I will be covering, obviously, Hell on a Cell. Uh, but we're also talking The Boys Season 3. I've seen the first three episodes from screeners. Uh, it's just as nuts as the other two seasons. The first episode in the first five minutes might have the most messed up thing I've ever seen. So get get ready for us to talk about a little bit of that. And uh, obviously, Obi-Wan is uh, going strong three episodes in. So we'll be talking about that as well. You can check that out on our YouTube page for comicbook.com and also our Twitch. I've only seen two episodes, so no spoilers on episode three. SP3, what do you got going on this week? Uh, check out the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. I'll be over there uh, later today when this drops. Uh, we'll be doing a Hell in a Cell preview. Myself, Romeo, and special guest Lily from Fightful Overbooks Grappy Hour. Also, you can oh, see Oh, for a second, on. I thought you got, like, Lily. Like No, Alexa. no, not the doll. 
<laughs> I, that's 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 when we get up in the pay grade. Um, Saturday will be live on at eleven oh five a.m. Eastern time with True Hill Heat one seventy eight. We'll be talking about all the MJF drama, Bray Wyatt returning to wrestling possibly, plus much much more on True Hill Heat one seventy eight. So check me out over there and check me out at True Hill SP three. You can follow me at Rick Uccino for those listening on the podcast. That is U-C-C-H-I-N-O. Also, make sure to hammer that subscribe button here to Believe in Pro Wrestling again later on today or depending on when you're listening to this, it is already dropped. My conversation with Damian Priest is up on the channel right now. Uh, you can obviously, you're watching Hell in a Cell Prediction Show. Myself and Jeremy Bennett will be doing a In Your House preview show that's going to be dropping on Saturday. SP3 and I will be back on Monday, 2.15 live uh, to be recapping Hell in a Cell. And if I have worked out the details correctly i'll be dropping a video of my conversation with ms and maurice ahead of ms and mrs season three here on the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel you can also read all about it on cagesideseats.com thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you again connor for joining us we'll do it again down the line good sir enjoy hell in a cell enjoy your weekend this is the believe in pro wrestling podcast brought to you by ben online thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.